welcome to episode 29 where we talk about why won't the kids listen? We are currently in a series where we are talking about these many factors that influence a child's ability to do as told. This is the second of this series of episodes and we're going to unpack some of those reasons. After each episode, you will know what to explore with your child on a specific topic. So grab your cup of coffee along with a notebook and pen. If you started your notes last time, you will want to add to your arsenal of ideas as we explore over the next several sessions about why don't the kids listen? If you listen to the ideas presented and you find that you have all you need to make the difference you wish in your family with your kiddos, that is so great and I am super happy about that. However, some of you will want to find out how to know more and go deeper in teaching your child how to listen and how to have a happier, productive home. If this is you, email me at the hello at thelanguageofplay.com and we can book a call to discuss ways that you can work with me directly. Before we begin, we're going to read a review from Timmy. Timmy gives five stars and titled his review, Parenting is Tough but you have made it easier. He says, I think parenting can be so tough, but listening to this podcast has given practical and helpful ideas on how to engage my children and to be more happy while I do it. Yay, that is one of my goals, is to help you have a happier, more peaceful and productive home. Are you tired of repeating yourself with your children or wonder why they don't listen? Are you frustrated because you wish your kids could communicate their wants and needs more clearly instead of whining or yelling? Are you plagued by the feeling that you cannot meet all the needs in your family? Hey parents, you don't need to stay overwhelmed and exhausted. It is possible to build strong family relationships and have boundaries that benefit kids. Hello, my name is Dina Lynn Rosenbush. I'm a mom, grandma, and speech language pathologist of over 25 years. In this podcast, you'll find solutions to get kids to listen better and build family connection, to feel confident in managing difficult behaviors and help your kids build more language of their own. So if you are ready to communicate in ways that build deep, meaningful connection and create a more peaceful, productive, and happy home, listen in. Let's interrupt the way you've been parenting so that you can become the parent you want to be. Welcome to this series. Last time we talked about attention as one of the factors that influence how well our children are capable of listening and the considerations we don't always think about that impacts their attention. And if you want more on the topic of attention, go back to episode 28 and you'll be able to hear those details. But for now, let's move on and we're going to talk about how children process information. And as I worked with students and my own children, I often saw that what I would say and what they would do didn't match. They thought they processed the information, and I thought they knew what I meant, but they were wrong. That's not what I meant. So I started thinking, what is it that I do that helped my children to be able to process information? And what is it that I do with my students that have language delays that help them to process the information that I tell them in order for them to do what it is I want them to do? Here are three things that you can apply right now in your home as you 
You study yourself as a parent and as you watch your kids. One, is your sentence length within their average spoken range? The reason I say this is because this series is about our kids listening. And parents that are wanting their kids to listen, they don't want to repeat themselves a thousand times. They're tired of that. And they want their kids to do what they're told. It is very easy to use a sentence that is far more than our children can comprehend. And we are guilty of that as parents. I am too. And I had to learn how to shorten my sentences. Here's a tip for you, parents. If your child... Now, this, this tip that I'm going to give you is very generalized. If your child is one years old, then your command is one word long. If your child is two, his average sentence length is about two, three is about three, four is about four, and five is about five. Now, those are not actual. It's just slightly less than that. But it gives you an idea of where it is to make your sentence length when you want your child to be able to follow a direction the first time spoken. Obviously, this does not mean to speak like that all the time with your children. Your good and robust and descriptive sentences in your regular conversation is really important for them to be able to grow their language skills. So don't stop that in conversation. But if you embed a question in the middle of a bunch of conversation like that, they might miss it. So pause, and when you want them to follow through a direction, you pause that conversation, make sure you have their attention, and then give them a sentence within their average spoken range. Now, above the age of five, the trajectory of gaining words per sentence does not grow nearly as fast. It can't, can it? Because some of you would be averaging 40-word sentences or 30-word sentences, and that would be silly. So we know that the sentence length isn't going to continue to be really growing at that rate. So when you really want your child to follow their your direction, the first time, get their attention and say the direction within their average spoken range. That means number of words they typically say. The second thing I want to bring up is, are the vocabulary words you use all words that they actually know? This goes for teens as well as for two-year-olds. We as Americans anyway, I bet this is all cultures, have figurative language that we use. We might say to our kids that are talking, stop beating around the bush. Do they know what you're talking about? If they're really small, of course they don't. But if you're talking to a teenager and you're telling them somebody's, something's going to go down in flames, do they know what you actually mean? That you don't mean fire, that you mean something will fail. What about that you or children are in an argument and one tries to blame the other and you say, hey, it takes two to tango. Do they really understand? Have you taken the time to explain to them what it is that these figurative language pieces mean? Another thing that is particularly confusing to many kids is, in English anyway, we have many, many, many multiple meaning words. You might ask your kids, can you put this can out in the can? Now your child has heard the word can three times, all in a different position, all meaning something else. The first can in the sentence is a request. The second can in the sentence is like an aluminum soda can. And the third can in the sentence 
refers to the trash can outside. That can be confusing when I tear it apart just to talk about it with adults, but when we give directions like that to our children, we do have to give a little bit of a pause to notice if they caught on, do they actually understand? And if they do it wrong, that is an indicator to you that you have something to teach them about the figurative language or about the multiple meaning words. The third thing I want to say, you probably have heard me um, say a couple of times now, and that is pausing. When we give a direction or right before we give a direction, can we pause? Create a space, a quiet moment for your child to just notice and that will grab their attention and you say what that you want them to do and then go silent again. That will carry a lot of weight in their time to process what it is that you have given them, but also it will capture their attention. Now, the fourth thing. Is your instruction a routine or is it a new instruction? When we are in a routine with our children, they can sometimes follow what it is that we tell them to do without listening at all because the routine is what's leading them. The way you can tell if your child is listening or following the routine is to give them some different words for something that they typically do. Now, you don't necessarily want to wreck a routine, but this also, on the flip side, will help you see how when you just shift your environment a little bit, such as, let's say, they normally brush their teeth in the bathroom, but today you have some wet paint in the bathroom, so you tell your kids, brush your teeth in the kitchen, and they go right to the bathroom to brush their teeth. If this is the case, then the routine has spoken louder than you, and you will know then that they didn't actually process what it is that you said to them. So this would be one of those times that you pause and you warn them. I'm going to give you a new instruction. Yoo-hoo, something different's coming up. Listen, you're going to brush your teeth in the kitchen. There's wet paint in the bathroom. Go brush your teeth in the kitchen. Did you notice my seconds of silence before and after go brush your teeth in the kitchen? Those moments of silence, those pauses, are very powerful when you give new instructions to your kiddos. So let's wrap that up for processing information, or how do we help our children process information. One, use a sentence that is within their average spoken range when you want them to comply with the instruction now. Two, use vocabulary words that they know. Three, pause right before and right after. And four, is your instruction a routine or is there something new in it? And if there's something new, use the pausing we just talked about, but also let them know there's something new. And if it's a routine and they just follow it, just realize that they don't even need to listen. They're just following the routine. But what if your child consistently makes processing mistakes? If that's the case, here are some things we see that we're going to address next time. If your child consistently does only the first part of a direction, but they can't do like two or three parts and they always miss some, or if your child agrees readily to do something and then walks away to do it and forgets before the instruction's accomplished, 
Or maybe your child is unable to repeat the direction you just gave them, and then he can't go do it. Next episode, we will come back and hear more about why this happens and what you can do. But for today, our wrap-up is about the normal processing of information that you can do, mom and dad, that are going to help your kiddos to be able to follow the directions and listen. That is, one, your sentence is within their average spoken range. Two, you use vocabulary that they know. Three, pause right before and right after. And four, figure out if your instruction is a routine or there's a new element to it. And if there's a new element, use that pausing and let them know there's something new. So I hope this was helpful. And if you are still puzzled about your child's ability to function at the level you expect, contact me and we can work together. Um, you can contact me at hello at thelanguageofplay.com and we can discuss those options. Remember, mamas, when you get behind the eyes of a child, you can speak in a way their brains understand. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you feel hopeful and want to hear more, please share this podcast with other parents that might want the same. I would be so appreciative if you would rate and review. You can also connect with me through the email found below.